Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Randy? I'm doing pretty good, too. So what's going on in your world these days? Yeah, so I actually just got back from uh, another bike trip to Volcano National Park, and uh, it was uh, just as epic as the last two that I've been on. So one of the things that we got to see was the big new crater where the lava used to come up and bubble, but now it's just this giant crater. It's probably a hundred times the size that it was before. And so it was very impressive, but uh, it was also Beautiful weather, full moon, so we were out riding at night, and we really didn't need lights because the moon was so bright in the forest. It was just wonderful. So that was a positive note. Wow. Well, that's good to have some positive notes, you know, considering what crazy times we have upon us with this whole coronavirus situation. I know it's really impacting the Frisbee community a lot, as well as friends and family and everyone. So nice to know that there's some positive stuff happening as well. Yeah, we kind of got lucky because we just snuck in under the travel wire. But I know the coronavirus is impacting a lot of travel these days. So um, I heard that Frisbeer has been canceled because of the, the coronavirus, but it's also it's impacting city versus city round three New York versus Rovereto, uh, uh, many of the players are not able to gather to be able to perform for the event so we will actually have to reschedule round three for city versus city exactly when we do it we don't know yet we're going to just have to figure it out and play it by ear uh, but we'll definitely do it before we get to the semifinals because we have to figure out who's going to make it to the next to the next round with that said we're still planning to keep round four Rome versus Bologna on schedule on April 18th. So uh, look forward to that happening. And if anything changes, we'll certainly let you know. But uh, the plan for now is to keep that one on schedule. Fingers crossed that we can get through this and get back to some kind of normalized routine because this really sucks. And, uh, you know, I just don't know where it's going. And I can only hope for the best for everyone out there. So thoughts and prayers to all you out there, folks. Yeah, definitely. Thoughts and prayers are out there. I guess the one silver lining is that we can all practice our tiny room skills jamming in the living room. (laughs) There you Uh, go. I might even have to go into my car or something, you know, make it a really tiny room just so I can be isolated. So what do we have on the docket for today's episode? Yeah, today's a fun episode that uh, we're circling back with Daniel O'Neill and finishing up our conversation. And he is going to kick it off by telling us about a secret dietary advantage that he uses to uh, improve his freestyle frisbee skills. Enjoy. This might be a good time in the podcast for me to give my uh, my dietary advice, though. And I will say that all freestylers should eat gummy bears because gummy bears make your nails grow strong. And what? I believe that <laughs> very, very firmly. And... As you guys know, I've been playing without nails for the last two years. And I think, you know, a large contributing factor to how I'm able to do that is that I keep a, you know, a healthy diet of gummy bears. But how do you attach the gummy bear to your nail? How do you, how do you do that? You eat the gummy bears. Oh, you eat the gummy bears. You eat the gummy bears that make your nails grow strong. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And you have the data. I I do. It's true. Rob Fried also agrees. (laughs) <laughs> to see lots of gummy bears as well. <laughs> yeah, and and I've turned lots of people in the sport onto this this trick. So you know there are some haters who don't understand it, 
or they, you know, they question the science behind it. And to them, I say that it's not scientific. It's a religious belief. And <laughs> oh, boy. Well, now we can't challenge it now. <laughs> it's faith-based. This is a faith-based uh, solution here. You have to believe that it's true, and your nails will grow. Wow. All right, there That's it is. No. The statement has been made. So, Daniel, you mentioned not playing with nails. How come you're making that choice? So I've been playing without nails um, for the last couple of years, and it, it's a face. Like, I, I wouldn't say that I'll not wear nails again. It's something that I've really enjoyed uh, because I think it separates me from everybody else. Like, I, again, the same way that I like to do things in routines that other people don't do. Looks like everybody's wearing nails to me. So if I can get away without playing with them, I think that it just helps helps me be uniquely me, different from everybody else in the sport. Um, it also helps me to skip the rim gym. <laughs> is, you know, not do so many skids, keep my combos shorter, just kind of focus more on my flat game, and it kind of forces me to, to make all my combos shorter, um, which, I, which I like. And it kind of just pushes my game in a different direction. Sometimes I'll wear just one nail on one hand uh, or like just the other one or nails or no nails just because it kind of it makes me think differently and just kind of reach into different parts of my toolbox to try different things. Um, what really got me excited about wearing no nails or what one I can't remember like which one came first but yeah like I've been working on this move called the ridge delay and I realized that the ridge delay I wasn't going to be able to do if I was wearing nails because they were just too thick I couldn't finesse getting control in that very small rim on the top of the disc when I was wearing nails um, so can you and, explain a little bit about what the ridge delay is? The ridge delay is uh, the top side of a sky styler. There's a very, very small uh, ridge that comes up off the disc. It's not perfectly flat on the top. There's this circular ridge. I decided that I wanted to learn how to delay in that ridge, the same way you do a rim delay kind of on the underside of the disc. Um, and it took me two years of focused effort to learn this move. You know, I'm really, really, really proud of it because I think that it's an idea that a lot of people have had. And there's debate as to whether it's been done before. I think with other types of discs, for sure it has. But the Sky Styler has been around since, I think, the 80s. And I don't, I have yet to hear of other people before me that like really you know, we're confidently doing that move. But in either, in either case, like I just saw it as an opportunity for something that looked really impossible. But if you put in a lot of hard work, it became possible. Yeah. And, and since I did it and showed that, that you could do it, a lot of other people have kind of followed in my footsteps and, and learned it and gotten pretty good at it. Graf does it, James does it, Edo does it, Freddie does it. I can think of a couple people else. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that move. I think it's a really good one. My next new impossible move is a mini, a regular mini. You know, not a slightly bigger mini, a regular mini. 
I'm challenging myself to say, I'm going to delay that mini in three years. Like not for like two seconds, like going to have a controlled delay with a mini disc. Give me three years. I'm bringing you back on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) We're going to bring you back and check in. How's the mini delay? But are you, so will you use that in competition the way you're using the ridge delay in a competition? I might. I don't know. Can you delay a slightly bigger mini right now? Yeah, yeah. But th- there but that's the thing. And that's like and that's the same thing as saying, oh yeah, well, I can do the ridge delay and you take out the whammo and you do it. But right. that has to be the ridge. Right. That 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 inch makes the whole world of difference. That's what we'll be saying in three years when you have your mini delay. Skip the ridge, Midge. <laughs> yeah, mini. yeah. I mean, no, I don't think <laughs> the mini delay. I mean, yeah. If I can delay a mini, then I'm gonna do it in the world championship final definitely yes. i'm going to be able to spin a bottle cap in six years and so i i don't believe it well so <laughs> i throw it down man call me back in six years so, all right so you play without nails to challenge yourself in different directions what other things do you do to to challenge yourself in different directions um w- one of the most freeing things is when you put like constraints on uh, when you like narrow your scope of what you're allowing yourself or kind of put a problem in place or put like a constraint in place on how you play that can actually be very freeing and open a lot of creativity so that's like kind of what what not playing with nails can do and similarly sometimes i'm like you know what this whole day i'm going to be like randy and i'm not going to guide us once because that's just I go I go to that it's it's there for me and if I force myself to not do that then I'm going to have different ideas and push myself in ways I don't normally or you know what I'm only going to spin my body clockwise cuz usually I spin counterclockwise but but some days I'll go out there and I say today I'm only going to spin counterclockwise and I'll force myself to to work on that I, I don't know, like just give yourself little d- different types of challenges um, and, and restrictions um, so that each day is different and so that you don't fall into the same habits, the same, um, you know, the same structures. Like I'm always trying to surprise myself. Yeah, I think that is the real key about always trying to keep the surprise element to yourself alive. Because once you kind of start getting caught in your little your little world, it's really hard to break out because you just get comfortable and you forget how exciting that surprise can be and what a reward it can be. Yeah. So one of my favorite constraints in a jam was we decided to play with two discs. We had to keep both discs moving the entire time. And it was crazy because you can't watch both discs at the same time. So you have to sort of keep in your mind what's going on in both places. Uh, and what we developed over time was anytime you're going to pass the disc. And w- so this is the other thing. We kept the mob op style totally. It was all about passing. It wasn't just take it and do an indie. And so sometimes you two discs would just come at you. And so what we developed naturally over time was say the person's name who you're passing the disc to. And so if they're not ready, they'll immediately know, oh, crap, I better be ready. We got to a point where we could actually keep both discs going and keep shredding. And it was it was freaking amazing. But it was, um, you know how you're on when you're really focused on the disc and then the disc kind of moves away and you sort of take a break 
and then the disc comes back and you're on, you, we were on 100% of the time. And so it took about 30 minutes and we just couldn't play anymore because we were so destroyed. Crazy. It's like multi-ball pinball. It's yeah. like you got to somehow slow everything down in all that panic. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. I'd like to try that. The funny thing that happens is you hear your name twice. <laughs> And you like, I would freeze. Like, oh, what do I do now? And poof, both discs hit you. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, that's where you take it to the head, and you're like, oh, well, this isn't fun. Well, yeah. it's not supposed to be fun, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you challenge yourself. You're like, okay, I know I can get both of these. I just have to come up with a solution, right? And sometimes you do. Okay, well, let's uh, let's venture back into some other things here. Um, so, is there anybody who you really want to partner with that you have not already partnered with? I really want to play with Fabio Sano. I've never gotten a chance to compete with Fabio, but I really respect uh, him as a as a person and as a player. Um, and so I I always thought that me and Fabio would make a good team, and I hope to play with him someday. I was supposed to play with him one year in Frisbee, but he had a family emergency and couldn't make it at the last minute. So uh, it's tough now that he has... Two children, two. right? Yeah. Two now, yeah. Yeah, that's the first one that, that comes to my mind. Um, yeah. So what are some of your favorite routines that you've built? You've got a really nice body of work that you've already created in this young career of yours. The easy answer is the is the two world championship routines um, with Paul and James. Uh, I'm really proud of the routine I built with Isle for this past world championships in 2018. Uh, I thought that we we made a really good team and that we uh, showcased our our skills in a really good way. We we built something that I think was um, was really different from the other teams. I wish that we had a chance to do it again. Maybe we will. And uh, I, I look back at our routine, Randy, very fondly. 2012 you know in the worlds we it, we, were, we were already talking about the wind earlier it was it, it was tough for us having built that one inside to do it with the same confidence and joy that we got to when we were indoors in virginia but um just the process of you know working with you um and and with the music and we had such silly ideas um so that that one was really really fun for me yeah, I will just echo that. I'm really proud of the body of work that I've done, but that one really does uh, stick out for me as well because it really was, you know, just the it just connected all the pieces that I love about the storytelling and the music being a partner and just sort of the joy of doing it. You guys crushed oh. it at Virginia States in the semifinals, and that's on video. So people, I encourage you out there, go watch it because it was magical. It was so engaging. And the creativity, there were moves in there that I've never seen before or since. And I don't know how you just go from this is brand new to I can do this in a routine. But damn, you guys did. It was amazing. Any others that, that come to mind that, that uh... you know, me and, Emma, me, me and Emma's uh, thriller routine, uh, just uh, the I'm proud of the way that, that we both grew as players from when we first did that in 2011 uh, and then what we what we put out in 2018 but yeah I really really love playing with Emma she's such a competitor in the same way that I am um, she is so fierce and such a long range she can get to anything I mean 
she's a she's a rock as a partner and like that's it's just so cool to play with somebody where you, you don't have any question as to whether they're going to do their job she's so consistent so daniel how do you get so fucking high on your guidance well um yeah i th- i think that elevation uh is one of the one of my strengths in the game and it's a way that i can distinguish myself from the rest of the group i think it's extremely visual i love watching basketball the nba these dudes jump they jump high and it's exciting when they jump high so i try and look like them and i try and think like uh, like an nba power forward when i go into my guidance yeah, I like jumping. It's just it's it's one of the aspects of the game that I enjoy most. We were talking before about how everybody focuses just on the disc sometimes, but I'm really thinking about my body and trying to make my body fly the same the same way that the frisbee flies. And I also love the way that, you know, you get that incredible height, but you have hang time. It's like somehow you have this extra second of float because it just defies gravity. So it's very cool. Yeah, thanks. So, Daniel, what is your favorite kitchen utensil? Hmm. Well, I really like this thing that you use to scoop loose tea leaves. It's like it's kind of like got these two little circular parts and like. You clamp the back to open it up like a Venus flytrap and catch a little bit of loose tea, and then you can steep that tea. Yeah. Wow. How would you make a move with that utensil? Oh, God. There's, there, there's lots of things that you could do. Like, I would, yeah, you take it in on the delay, and then you open it up, and then it's kind of like a claw delay. And then if you had a really, really good one, you could catch it in the mouth of the tool i was thinking you could do a third side delay with a claw open on the outer like a a tooth delay but with the with the the jaws of the the teaspoon (laughs) (laughs) what a great way to end our conversation with daniel o'neill fascinating to hear what people's favorite kitchen utensils are and i must say jake i love the way that you were thinking of implementing that that teaspoon strainer, I really thought that was fascinating. Yes, it's amazing how uh, how such a silly question actually brings up a lot of uh, a lot of conversation, a lot of thought process. I was thinking about it even since then, and I thought that I could spin up the disc and then do a, a cuff move like the Magellan three hundred and sixty, and actually go all the way around the world and bring it back to where it started. I love that. I love that. That's very cool. So um, speaking of the podcast and uh, finishing up with Daniel, we actually are going to take a little bit of a break uh, until after City vs. City Rome Bologna on April 18th. We want to take some more time to get some of those interviews completed that we mentioned in our last podcast. We're super excited to share that with you. So it'll just be a momentary hiccup without any shooting the frisbees, but we're going to come back with some really cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. And if uh, you're not caught up on your shooting the frisbees, this is the perfect time to go back and listen to some episodes. Or if you have a favorite, like uh, Dougie Fresh's Top 10, I recommend Ah, go listen to it again. That's good. That's good. I mean, there's 108 to choose from, right? That's right. Totally. There's lots of content. So uh, on that note, I guess I'll talk to you next time, Randy. All right, Jake. Talk to you next time.
Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Hope to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees and live streaming freestyle frisbee. Oh, yeah!